Welcome to the second Into the Wilderness short. I am your host, Byron Pace. It is the 9th of April, 2020. This podcast is brought to you by our podcast partners, Modern Huntsman. And if you want to pre-order the latest volume focusing on hunting traditions around the world, you can do that online now. Visit thepacebrothers.com or if you are in North America, visit modernhuntsman.com. We dive straight into a very topical discussion today, and one which is very close to home for me, as Ross Ewing from the British Association for Shooting and Conservation joins me to discuss the current exclusion of shooting-related activities from the economic support packages available in Scotland. What we've got is a situation here specifically in Scotland um, where some rather interesting advice has been issued to local authorities with regards to how they're going to support small businesses um, and uh, other businesses through this particularly difficult time. Um, And as a result of that, um, we've seen a lot of confusion in the way that this advice has been interpreted, um, and it specifically relates to shooting businesses. Just paint a picture for me as how it stands in the countryside right now. I mean, maybe, maybe even before we get into the economics of it, what is happening in our countryside with the current lockdown in Scotland, England, the United Kingdom? So um, pretty much everything is not happening, uh, with the exception of um, activities that kind of preserve um, the foodstuffs that we're trying to grow and produce. Um, uh, so as a result, it, the countryside is, is very, very quiet at the moment. Only essential activity is taking place. So, for example, um, you know, with regards to the shooting community in particular, we've got people going out to do essential pest control to protect things like young lambs um, and and potentially some crops as well. But other than that, there's little more that's going on. We've seen official advice uh, issued by government agencies saying that deer stalking is no longer an essential activity and that should be stopped. Um, So it really is having quite a significant impact across the board. Um, And it's something that is quite unprecedented at these times. We've never really seen the countryside shut down in the way it has. Uh, A whole load of other activities have also been affected. Here in Scotland, we've had new burn banned um, for the remainder of the muir burning season. So that's quite a significant and unprecedented step as well. Um, so really it is having a tangible impact on a lot of people um, in the most rural places, which you wouldn't expect to be immediately impacted by the likes of a, a, a pandemic or, or, um, or coronavirus. So in terms of economic support given by government, because everyone is in the same boat. It doesn't seem to really matter what industry you're in. The only people who are really working at at full, well, I was going to say full capacity, but more than full capacity are those people in the health service helping sick people. What economic support has been provided to people in the UK and how much of that is available to employment that we would normally see in sectors of industry involved in countryside management? So starting off with the UK government, they've issued some fairly strong um, financial support for a a myriad of different businesses. Um, Essentially what they've done is keeping the restrictions on on which businesses that might not be eligible, they've kept that information quite um, flexible and quite loose um, so that essentially local authorities are able to decide on a case-by-case basis who should be eligible for financial support and who shouldn't be. Um, We think this is probably quite a 
proactive and quite a good step because it keeps that flexibility and allows them to kind of look at things on a case-by-case basis. Um, So as a result, in England, you're having a fairly good support for um, countryside businesses, including those um, of a a shooting nature as well. Uh, If you cross the border up into Scotland, the situation is quite different. The Scottish government have chosen to take quite a black and white approach to the financial provisions that they've uh, given to businesses. So there is a definitive list of businesses which do not apply for a small business support scheme, for example. Um, and as a result, um, they've made it quite—it's um, quite rigid. The structure there's not really that a huge amount of flexibility in it for local authorities. So as a result, some countryside businesses in Scotland are missing out. So the picture around the UK is different, and it really is dependent on the different administrations uh, in Westminster and in Holyrood about the way in which they're trying to actually uh, implement this financial relief. So if you are a gamekeeper employed in the Highlands of Scotland, are you going to feel this or is that going to be determined solely on your employer? In terms of gamekeeping, it's probably not going to make a huge amount of uh, impact. It will affect those that are that work for themselves, as it were. Um, but in terms of the businesses that we're really going to see this effect, it's going to be those businesses which are kind of smaller, um, that operate on a little bit of land that have people coming across uh, from Europe to do um, to do deer stalking. Uh, these kind of activities are where we're going to see the main impact. So it's going to be the small uh, the smaller kind of businesses uh, which bring clients over um, uh, to kind of shoot on small areas of land which they have a direct stake in. That's the kind of impacts we're going to see. Uh, we're not going to see as big impact for larger uh, kind of businesses. Um, but what we are calling for is that those larger businesses in particular should be included under the retail, leisure and hospitality grant, um, which we think that because they make such a contribution to those areas that they should be eligible for that. So there is going to be an impact for everyone across the board, but the people that are going to feel it most are those smaller businesses 100%. Is there any support available for those people who are going to be feeling it outside of that which may or may not be available from the government? Where can they look to? A lot of these businesses uh, rely on uh, seasonal bookings. So as it stands right now, they may not have been, if we, if we look, look at the deer stalking season, for example, okay, Roebuck season, would be getting into to full swing pretty soon in the, in the next couple of weeks. And people are not going to be seeing that probably this year. But as we look towards the end of the year, as all of the seasons start to open up from August onwards, those dates would be filled now for later in the year. And I would imagine the likelihood is that some of those dates are going to be cancelled or when it comes to driven shoots, they simply won't have birds to put down what is your advice to those people who are looking at a future now where potentially they're not going to be seeing any income in that six-month period of the year, which keeps their whole year afloat? And is there anywhere where they can get support from? So for businesses in England, we're advising them to take full advantage of the government support that they're providing. They have got a very good support, which I've mentioned previously. Um, and uh, we are urging businesses to get involved and get, ensure that they have that financial provision from the UK government to see them through what is a very difficult time. In Scotland, all our efforts at the moment are very much focused on trying to get the Scottish government to actually give financial 
financial support to these businesses. So we're asking businesses for their help in writing to their local uh, member of the Scottish Parliament or writing to their local MP as well to make them aware of this uh, injustice, which is what we think it is, um, in order to free up this financial provision. Because we, as you've just rightly pointed out, recognise that there's going to be a huge impact on people, uh, not just through the stalking season, but as you say, also in the uh, forthcoming game shooting season as well. Um, And people need some financial stability to get through this period because ultimately there are no bookings. There's no bookings even for, for next season because people just aren't taking the risk at the moment until the situation becomes more clear. So at the moment in Scotland, we're actually trying to really get people engaged politically to let the Scottish government know what impact it's going to have on them and their employees and ultimately on their business as a whole. Um, and we think that, that is the most proactive thing to be doing at the moment. But as I say, in England, people should take full advantage of the provisions that are already there. Have the Scottish government responded at all as to why this exclusion has been put forward? And can maybe actually before you answer that question, can you explain exactly how people involved in these kinds of work have been excluded what is the wording because i don't i don't fully understand the mechanism with which they've been excluded from possible economic support so the mechanism pretty much relates to the sites on which businesses tend to operate um so uh, the scottish government in their advice have issued a list of sites uh, for which uh, financial support does not apply. So if your business is red, operates on one of these sites, um, then you cannot apply for financial support. And on these sites, there's a multiple, um, there's multiple old English words um, which are used to describe certain sites. So one of them is shootings, which is land on which shooting takes place for sport. Another is deer forests, so land on which deer are shot, um, and uh, in the forest specifically. And another one as well, which is really bizarre, is game larders as well. So that also, you would have thought that that, given that it it provides directly to the food chain, would have been excluded from such a a prohibiting list, but it's not been. Um, So that's how they've made it work in practice. What they've done essentially is they've produced a list um, of excluded sites on which businesses operate, and that's how they're deciding who gets it and who doesn't. Um, so it's really quite nasty. And the, and the, the other kind of thing that they've, they've gone to do on this front um, as well is that it's not just to do with the exclusion of businesses as well. We've also seen that they've chosen not to, for example, um, give 100% relief to sporting rates, which businesses have to pay in Scotland. It's a sort of tax, if you like, that they have to pay every year. They've not given 100% relief to that either. Um, so there's a multitude of issues. In terms of what the Scottish Government are actually saying about this, we have written to them, uh, well, we released uh, two press releases on this. Uh, I've written to uh, three ministers, so I've written to uh, two cabinet secretaries and one minister um, to make them aware of this. Um, and we, we submitted an open letter saying why we think it's wrong and what we think needs to be done. I've also submitted a freedom of information request to try and find out some more information as well. We are yet to hear anything definitive back from the Scottish government at the moment. Um, but we anticipate hopefully hearing something from them sometime soon. We appreciate that they have got a lot to do at the moment uh, and that the situation is fast evolving. But what we do not appreciate is these businesses almost being left in the dark with no definitive explanation being given. Uh, and we feel that this needs to be addressed as a matter of urgency. Do you have on the top of your head any of the other businesses that have been excluded that wouldn't sit within the sort of countryside pursuits bucket? Uh, on the top of my head, I'm not entirely sure. I've been focusing purely on these ones, so I wouldn't be able to answer that one very confidently. Yeah, I was just, I was just it, it, from the outside and the way that I've seen it reported, certainly, it seems like a very deliberate and almost callous move from the Scottish government because we know that the Scottish government are not particularly supportive of the shooting industry anyway. 
And this seems to me personally like a very backhanded way of burying the industry at a time when we should be supporting everybody uh, across across party lines and across our own personal opinions and feelings of activities. I would absolutely uh, agree with most of what you're saying there. What I would lo- what I would say is I, I, I hope, I really hope, and I don't actually think that this has been a deliberate move. I think this is probably an oversight on the part of the Scottish government. But what isn't an oversight is the time at which it's taken so far for them to respond to this and make this right. We've seen them backtrack on a number of other issues um, to do with self-catering businesses, for example. They resolved that situation relatively quickly. Why is it that they're not resolving this situation um, with regards to shooting businesses as quickly as they have done in the past? In terms of the list you were asking for, I've actually just managed to get it up in front of me here. There are a few random things on it, so I'll I'll read out a few. Uh, A Bothy, for example, is another business, uh, another premises on which it wouldn't apply to. Uh, Car Park. A caravan, a coop, a uh, fishing hut, uh, grazings, ground, hangar, heliport, uh, jetty, land, believe it or not, is a, is a broad phrase that's used. Peat moss, pier, pigeon loft, public toilet, uh, shooting, site, site hut, slipway, taxi rank, telecommunications. Lots of random words that don't necessarily mean a huge amount to a lot of people, um, you know, but there are some blatant ones in there which you think, why on earth? Aren't they eligible for for such support? It is bizarre. So it's it's we really don't. The problem is the fundamental issue with this is nobody understands what that list even means or why it has come to be um, the place that it is at the moment. No one understands why it's there. No one understands where it came from, and we have received no clarity on that from the Scottish government. Well, I'm I'm going to be the optimist, given that you've just read that list out, and suggest that maybe it is an oversight. And I just hope that it can be resolved soon so that people who are currently sitting in a very stressful situation and wondering how on earth they're going to survive to the end of the year if they don't get bookings in to support their business can uh, breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I really hope it gets resolved soon. We've spoken to people within the Scottish National Party in the last week, um, and uh, they have said the same thing to us. They they have said that they hope that it's an they think that it's an oversight, and they'll be engaging with um, with their colleagues on this. So we can hope we can only hope that this is an oversight and it will be resolved quickly. But as I say, the lack of communication that we received from the Scottish government on this issue, which is quite a pressing issue thus far, uh, has been quite disappointing in my view. Thanks very much for listening. Join me again in a week's time where we take another walk into the wilderness.